Shop Amazon for last-minute gifts. Great deals for everyone on your list. Gifts for mom and gifts for dad. Even for your sister and your brother, Chad. Ah, shoot, we didn't realize we were supposed to get a gift for our dog walker guy. We almost forgot about our dentist, Dr. Kerr. We didn't expect to get a gift from her. Or our cousin, I forget his name. He got us something nice, better reciprocate. For last-minute deals on gifts for people you forgot. Get past the free shipping at Amazon. From the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. It's Friday, August 17, 2018, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me... In our Orlando studios, my brother, our producer, Chandler Strang. Hello. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. Joining us from New York City, author, speaker, podcaster, Annie F. Downs. Good morning, gents. And sitting in one more time, back in black, big cat, Eddie Koffeltz. I can't uh, quit all of you. I just have to be here. So <laughs> lovely to see you. But there are some of us you can quit. No, no. Legal, legally, he signed some paperwork a long yeah. time ago that says he can never quit. So I'm going to be on this He's show trapped. for a long time. Good, 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 good. Samaritan Ministries is a health care sharing ministry with over a quarter of a million Christians caring for one another's needs every month, from broken bones to cancer, pregnancies to organ transplants, all without the use of insurance. It, if you are looking for an alternative to a high-priced traditional insurance, Samaritan Ministries is something you should absolutely check out. In fact, when Samaritan Ministries member Christopher called the ministry to start his third need in just three short months, he was feeling pretty overwhelmed by all the medical bills his family was facing along with the continuous sicknesses. He was excited to speak to a real person on the phone right away who not only explained how to submit his bills, but also asked how each member of the family was doing. Yet Christopher says that the care didn't stop there. The advocate prayed for Christopher, his family, and the financial stresses they were feeling. Caring for people like Christopher and his family is what Samaritan Ministries aims to do every day. Truly putting the care and health care is priority. Each month, Samaritan Ministries' growing biblical community shares $27 million in medical needs person to person. Yet the monthly share has never exceeded $495 for a family of any size. It is even less for a two-person and single-person households. To learn more about how you can be part of this community of Christians helping each other with healthcare, visit SamaritanMinistries.org. I love how disruptive that model is. We have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, author Aaron Nequist yes. is joining us. He's uh, You might know him. Nequist, Nequist, that Nequist. sounds familiar. He is Shauna Nequist's husband. And he has a new book out called The Eternal Current, which we're excited about. And uh, we talked to him about that. Later, you won't want to miss it. Uh, we are officially, guys, uh, one week, uh, one week. Right now, one week from now, I will be on the side of a road in Portland, uh, having mm. tried, tried my best to raise money 
for clean water it's for really Africa. Snuck up on us. The, 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 the right now as we speak, uh, EMTs will be administering. Uh, <laughs> no, no, not know, as we speak. One week from one now, of those one electrical week from shock things. <laughs> one, oh my gosh, Jesse! <laughs> one week from now. Oh, it's electrical it's staring me. I like literally it consumes my thoughts. I can't stop thinking about it, but we're doing it to raise clean water. I'm running the hood to coast 200 mile relay race. I'm not a runner. If you haven't been following along, please sponsor me, make it worth it. Uh, I'm on team world vision. You go team to world slash participants slash Cameron Strang. And you can donate there, please I'm trying to raise $10,000 for clean water. That's the only reason why I'm doing it. If I don't make it, at least the kids Got some water out of it. So, yeah, my favorite is going to be when you go completely insane at hour 14 and you just are screaming like you're doing like a Facebook live post screaming like, I don't care about clean water. I don't care about any of it. I give, I give all the money back. Get out of here. Everybody get out of Portland. You know what I still think we should have done that we'll do next time Cameron does something insane like this is do like a fundraiser against what Cameron wants to do. And if we raise <laughs> more money great. than Cameron raises to do it, like I think I could have gotten more people on board, save Cameron's life and raise money for clean water by donating to this link. I thought you were saying I, like like the opposite, like t- raise money to take water away from people. No, no, no. Raise okay. money to for clean water, but to protect your life as well. She's raising money to contaminate wells around the globe. It's terrible. Oh, terrible thing. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I am not pro contaminating wells, <laughs> and, and, yeah. Annie. But you're. This is funny to me because I feel like from the beginning you have legitimate concerns about Cameron's health here. Yes, and, and, and again, my I'm because I am a caring person. I know, but I and I've <laughs> said it before. I believe in the power of the mind, and it's very strong. And I'm not concerned at all. Cameron, I think you just run as fast as you can. Keep your eyes closed for most of it, and uh, we'll see how it ends up. <laughs> to see what happens. As fast as you can to keep your eyes closed. Run by Braille. When you start to feel something bumpy or prickly, just go the other direction. You're going to need to be screaming. Echolocation. You're going to need to be screaming the whole time because you're using echolocation at that point. I was going to say surround yourself with Because everyone knows that once one sense goes, all the others become stronger, including the sense of muscle, which is... Which you'll be using to run. So in order Including to stri- common sense, which in, that one's in, been gone so, for a while. So, so in order, in order to to utilize to maximize your body's uh, sensory strengths, you're mm-hmm. going to need to be, keep your eyes closed and wear soundproof earmuffs the whole time. All uh, right. I, I mean, this is I'm I'm next level with my training. Man, stuff, I can't but, wait yeah. till we talk to you right after. I just cannot wait for it. I'll tell you. Well, the day I get back from the trip is Impact Week, so. Um, you know, August 27th is when we're kicking off Impact Week. So, I mean, we're going live. I mean, that Monday morning, I'm traveling cross country right after <laughs> the coast and then come back. You're going to be a total monster. I'm going to be a uh, zombie. I mean, if that's the kind of monster you're referring to. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I have learned that everybody has an opinion. Everybody, you know, uh, you, you don't want to run in shoes. I mean, you don't you want to you, you want to stretch a certain way. You want to take this supplement. You want to you, <laughs> you want to. Stretching is a huge <laughs> That may be my favorite one of your hard stands, Jesse, is that no, stretching is a stretch. myth. I don't believe in stretching. Anything that uncomfortable cannot be good for your body. That's, <laughs> yeah, it's just like no one, no one just decided one day, right. like, oh, I know what I'll do, as I will lay out in positions that feel incredibly awkward for long, for extended periods of time. It's a terrible <laughs> idea. And they Jesse, did have nothing. you ever been to a restorative yoga class? Have any of y'all done restorative yoga? I've never done yoga. No. A- a- Annie, I am going to pretend you didn't even ask that question because 
Do you think I've ever been to a what restorative, is restorative yoga? yoga I mean, just, down. It what, is. The reason I brought it up, Jesse, is because it is your kind of yoga. Because literally the teacher in Nashville, she says, if you are feeling any pain, you are doing this wrong. It's supposed to be like literally yeah. exerting no energy. Is it a nap? Is it a nap? Because I do restorative yoga. Yes, like that's lie, what I'm saying. Lie in the sleep napping. position. And it's like, you literally just want me to lie down? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Oh, yeah. She, like, yeah. They, they give out blankets and like styrofoam blocks. And she's like, put a block under your head and put the blanket over your body. And then she plays music. <laughs> What? Just a sweaty blanket. It's a huge scam, but I love it. So so basically every every pre-K in America does restorative yoga from one to two. That's it. That's it. That's right. I mean, you do do some other put other positions and other stress, but literally it's supposed to be exerting no energy and no pain. So I'm telling you, that's your yoga class you've been looking for. It's anti-stretch. I'm kind of, I'm with Jesse on this. This This is my own experience. I'm not speaking for everybody, but I observe people who are like, you know, I have back problems. I go to the chiropractor all the time and you have to keep going back to the chiropractor. I mean, it's just like you open this can of worms physically and you have to keep feeding That's it. Right. And then like yep. the people who like stretch and stuff, they have to always stretch. They have to stretch. Like they're mm-hmm. always stretching. And then the people who do like me, I'm with you, Jesse. I go to the doctor once every 15 don't years. Stretch. I don't stretch. Yep. I don't. I'm like, it's just like, I'm fine. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, I mean, right. but then you sign up for a 200 mile, 24 hour race, yeah. Cameron. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Exactly. Now his, his, <laughs> his muscles haven't been stretched to uselessness. Like so many of these hippies running around. I, I strengthen my eyes by staring directly into the sun for two minutes a day. I, I have numerous things that, you know, I do that science and doctors have told yeah, me not think, to and look at think me about all look these at stretchers me. all these stretchers they're like i have ba- my knees hurt my back hurts i gotta stretch i don't know maybe it's connected maybe you shouldn't be stretching those muscles maybe your back wouldn't hurt i don't yeah, know exactly y'all are insane i'm just wondering exactly. maybe you leave them nice and tight and compact back there like god made them. <laughs> How god made them i mean why am i trying to undo what god did he wants them yeah, that exactly. long not am longer. I smarter than god do what you, god did yeah am oh, i smarter than god that's called original that's idolatry folks if you're stretching it's idolatry <laughs> do you think you're smarter than god if he wanted you if he right. wanted you in sunrise position he you would have been made like that no sir you just sit in a chair like a normal person <laughs> <laughs> and don't stretch yeah. your legs. All right, uh, move the show along. Uh, the Friday episode, we always do slices, and we at the end of the show we have you know we have our guest, and at the end of the show we have our listener of the week. You won't want to miss that; it's coming up later. But right now, it is time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? Okay, so we've talked about this uh, in the past before about the movie theater industry. They're really struggling to get people in the seats because everyone's got, you know, Netflix and Hulu and Amazon, HBO. Either way, it's easier to watch movies at home right now. So they're trying to figure out what the next big innovation is to get people to actually come to the movie, especially after the whole movie pass thing has pretty much gone bust. Like, you know, movie pass is trying to figure out a model that's sustainable for them. They've moved down. I think it's like three movies a month you get with movie pass. Um, But a South Korean uh, chain is going to be opening uh, a new 150 new types of theaters around the world, including the United States, with an innovation that they say is so cool that it'll make people leave home, pay for movie tickets, and uh, be willing to even pay more for movie tickets. 
It's called Screen X. And what Screen X does is it puts movies on three of the walls of the theater. So you feel like you are actually in the movie. Like it stretches it around you. It's not showing it full movie on your left, full movie on the right, and full movie in front of you. It messes something with the aspect ratio, but it... They say (laughs) it makes you feel like you're in the action. Because here's the thing. They were trying to figure out, okay, the 3D thing like with Avatar was really cool. But they ran into a problem there. It's like those movies are super hard to make. Uh, And a lot of movies were upselling that you could go to the 3D experience one. And it wasn't a 3D movie. It was just they were putting, you know, they were doing kind of light effects in it. It wasn't like Avatar, where Avatar was shot with cameras with like two different lenses, for depth perception, right? So it, that that essentially worked like an eye does. It shot the foreground and the background at the same time. So when you put those special glasses on, you have depth perception. Okay. It's not 2D. But a lot of movies, those cameras are super expensive. So a lot of movies are shooting and with regular cameras and then are adding some light 3D effects afterwards so they can upsell you. Too many people had a bad experience with them. Uh, either they were getting motion sick or they thought it was kind of a ripoff because there was very few movies that were like Avatar. So that's why the 3D thing is kind of gone by the wayside. But the screen X says this is like a, a 3D experience, but you don't have to wear glasses. You can just sit in a theater and feel surrounded by the movie. Uh, so tickets will cost this. a little bit more, uh, but they say it's a whole new movie experience. I, I would, I would be honest. I'd probably check it out. Like if it was an oh, action movie, sure would. I would go awesome. see like the new Wes Anderson movie. Suzanne, or something. I can tell you right now, right now where you can go check this out. The France okay. Pavilion at Epcot. You stand in a room and the it wraps what pavilion it. Is it? The France Pavilion in Epcot. There, no, no. no. Oh, Canada, Canada, Canada is three sixty. It's in the round. France oh, is like your a movie in the round. France, yeah, France is a, a semicircle. It wraps around you the way Jesse's describing. So, like, you just cool? go to Epcot and just you know, it's air conditioned to go watch these movies for ten minutes, and you know, it's pleasant. Yeah, but but but, but like what it. Okay, so what what are those movies about? Like it's France, a tour of it's, France a, to- or it's a flying tour of France, or it's a tour yeah. around Canada. I mean, it's the yeah. whole thing. So, so, but imagine watching yeah. Fast and Furious, the new one in that experience, where you okay, feel like so that you can do at Universal Studios. That literally is the Fast and Furious ride at Universal that came out this <laughs> summer. You're in a bus, and the mo- you're like inside the movie. The movie's playing on your left and your right, and in front of you, and you can just kind of watch. You know, the characters fly from one side to the other, and yeah. you're in the movie. Man, to make it too serious, does this uh, does this kind of say something about how our what our culture needs entertainment wise? Is we aren't we want to be surrounded by entertainment, not just have it in front of us anymore? Yeah, no, having it, it doesn't having it completely <laughs> ubiquitously available isn't enough. Now we yeah. need to like immerse ourselves more deeply. Yeah, in it. That's yeah. But I, but like I I mean I would be much more inclined to go to the movies to something like this than just going to see a regular movie. I think it sounds cool. Like I think I, it sounds yeah. cool too, Jess. You know. Um, we, yeah, we've done a bunch of these over the years, different ideas, and they all kind of land as silly. Like, if, I don't remember what some of them were, but some of them were like smell of vision yeah, stuff yeah. or whatever. And then we see this actually seems like, oh, that's kind of neat. Yeah, but smell of vision at the Muppets. Uh, you can go to Hollywood <laughs> Studios and watch the Muppet movie, and it's 4D. And the 4D is that when Fozzie the Bear blows bubbles, they come out in front of you. And when <gasps> he 
That's something adorable. happens, you can smell it. And you when, feel like you're there. And when he you squirts like the, the flower at you, you feel drops on your face. Y'all are so lucky to get to live near things like that. That's so cool. So basically, we just need to go to Disney and then replicate but, but that. But isn't that one kind of lame, though? Isn't like, I get it. Oh, someone's, someone sprayed, you know, Febreze yeah, in here because waka, he's in. Waka. Because, you know, the sound of music's walking through a meadow or whatever. Like, I, I get that. That's that's <laughs> neat. But it's not like, oh, man, that enhanced the entertainment value. It like, rains on a, you at Dollywood. That would just be annoying. I would just be like, I don't want to get wet in a theater. This, the floor's already all sticky and gross. Last thing I need is extra moisture. What's the context? At the very end of it, I feel like it's, I can't remember exactly what's on the screen, but it's something about like, she's walking through the woods and it just starts to drizzle rain and then it rains on you. That, sound, that sounds horrible. But I'll tell you, you what's get, awesome. like real wet? No, no, no. You don't get real wet. It, it just is like. A, a, a very quick little like drop, 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 and then it's done, and it's the end of the thing. You would think that would be a sort of thing that Dolly Parton herself would hate. Her hair's done perfect. The last thing yep. I want you to do is put drops of water on me <laughs> and not tell me. Yeah, like you can handle it. Dolly's hair ain't gonna be it ain't gonna be messed up by a few drops of water. That's a that's a helmet. Yeah, that that that's a lot of product in that. I think it just bounce right off, uh, like <laughs> like someone using you know she Rain-X puts Rainex in her hair. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what? But here's the thing: no one's ever gone to a planetarium and left and be like, "That was lame." Anytime you've exactly gone to right. a planetarium when you're a kid, no, I think it's cool. I went as an adult, and it's like, dude, that was awesome. It's that awesome. was totally awesome, man. You're totally like, right. I can't remember that time we went to the planetarium at the Creation Museum, and yeah. it blew our minds. It was so tight. Yeah. It was it was like I was expanding the the far reaches of the universe and in a in a time machine that took me all the way back to the origins of the universe 1500 years ago it was <laughs> <my point. laughs> hey hey jesse jesse i have a question that I, I may have missed did they do you have to wear glasses oh, or not no no no, no. no. And not not in the oh see that's what i love i don't like glasses because yeah. i'm already glasses only guy wearing oh no cameron is you but you're wearing glasses right now no, but I'm saying when you have to wear 3D glasses, it's sort of this wonky like frame in front of frame yeah. experience and it like always feels weird and it never quite looks uh-huh. right. I like the idea of getting a more immersive movie experience without having to wear like, you know, purple IMAX. Yeah, glasses. I'm here for it. I think I, I would watch if they could shoot a movie like on the planetary. I mean, you know, that's like obviously like the dome and it is made for the night sky. Mm-hmm. But it's such a cool effect when you're lying back. Part of it is I just like lying almost on my back, like in a recliner. It's pretty nice experience <laughs> to watch something. Hey, it's I, way more natural. I mean, yeah. you know, Cohen, my son, who's he's eight now. I mean, literally, we were going to a movie last weekend and he was like, what theater are we going to? And I was like, I don't know. Just, you know, the one nearby. He's like, can we go to this other theater? Because I like the way the seats recline. You know, it's like oh, yeah. he has a very specific movie going yeah. expectation. Oh, yeah. now. I, I mean, little good, good for those, him. Little, those little good perks, him. you know, they they. Build oh, yeah. Do y'all have have y'all been to those theaters where you eat a meal while you're sitting? You like order and eat oh, a that's, meal. That's all we cinema cafe. Yeah, that's yeah. all we do. Yeah. I can't I can't yeah. not go if they don't have if I don't have a waiter. If yeah. I have a waiter, I'm not going to movies. <laughs> Cohen was on uh, summer break last week and he was here with me hanging out at the office and we played hooky over lunch hour and went to a movie and ate lunch watching the movie in the theater. You know, I think that's back. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it ruins all movies. other movie going for you. You know, do all like, of us love going to the movies? Is that a thing? Is there anybody here who doesn't love going to the movies? No, I don't go very often, but I, I love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I enjoy it. I don't know if I'd say I oh, love yeah, it, but I enjoy it. Someone's like, hey, you want to go to the movies? I'm like, yeah, I'll probably go. Yeah, you know yeah. I, it is very rare that I say no to going to the movies. I'm either going to like a movie or love a movie. Usually. The, uh, the thing that MoviePass, the experiment of MoviePass kind of showed me was that 
I mean, it was almost like it rekindled this passion for going and seeing movies in a yeah. lot of people because it was more affordable. And so like if if movie theaters would stop being so greedy and would maybe lower yeah. prices, their volume of attendance would go up. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I think it's just gotten so expensive. Like for, for me and Cohen to go to a movie in the evening, you know, I don't, don't want to spend Twenty five dollars for two or thirty dollars for two tickets, and then concessions, and then whatever. And I'm so sad. Movie pass went to three a month. That's like because yeah. for the whole rest of the year, I literally would go like, yeah, I'll go, yeah, I'll go, yeah, I'll go, and now I have to like actually think about is this how I want to use one of my three? They should do like movie theaters should do like what no, summer league did, Cameron. Like you buy a ticket for the day, or you buy a ticket for the weekend, and it's like no, you come and go as much as you want. You bought your ticket for a it's period a pass. of time, not for yeah. A t- yeah well, exactly. it's like an annual pass at a theme park. I mean, you can yeah. either buy the one off, or you can you know commit to more money, but then you're going to get the ability to come and go as you want. You I know? mean, originally yeah. that was movie pass, Jesse. It was hey, you're paying nine ninety nine. You come and go as you want. Go to as many yeah, as you but, want. But I mean, I guess my thing is like when it's like a, a subscription like that where it's just as many as you want in over the period of like a month for ten dollars. It's just not economically sustainable. Well, for an outside Clearly. company, but the theaters make their money with the food and you know they're okay. Two things for theaters. Number one, you know they've they've obviously started selling adult beverages. They're gonna make a lot more money that way. You know, good yeah. for them. Uh, I, I don't understand why they don't sell fan merchandise in the lobby. Like yeah. make a fan huh. shop for the current movies because they will make money. I just saw Black Panther and my kid's yeah. going to buy all the toys on the way out the theater and they would make money. Cameron, if they would, that's genius. Yeah, and then, it's and like then, what sports teams do. You right. Know? I mean, you buy the merch, you buy the jersey at the game. I mean, why wouldn't you do that at a movie theater? Why no? are they not doing that? Yeah. And there's, there's room in the lobby. Okay. So then number two, like the theater itself doesn't make money on ticket sales. So why not do passes like an AMC pass or a Cobb cinema pass or a Regal cinema pass. And you can buy a membership where you can come and go because when you're there, I, the theater will make money on concessions and merchandise An outside company like movie pass having to pay for every ticket can't afford that. But the theaters themselves could do memberships and I don't know why they're not doing it. Well, AMC, AMC has started one, but it's more expensive and it's just not like they're slowly waking up to it. But it does feel like there's a like what Warby Parker did for glasses where everybody was like, oh, how have we not always been doing it this way? Yeah. I feel like that's the moment yeah. that's coming for movie theaters where it's like people still want to go see a 2D screen with decent sound. They still yes. real. Yes. They still really want to well, see Mission Impossible. Like, well, why yes. not do? Why not do like what air, airlines do? It's like you have some seats that you can pay ten dollars for, and it's a regular seat that reclines. Or I could upgrade and pay thirty bucks and sit in like a luxury pod with my own arm. You know, like a and, first and class a server CD comes and you know all that. Like I agree with you a hundred percent. Have different tiers of tickets because if you're on a date and you're trying to like impress the girl and you're going for the cheap seats, I mean, no, you're gonna she feel knows. the pressure pressure to like spend a little more money and create a nicer experience. I mean, everyone's been to the thing where you got to lay a jacket on four seats because you're going with friends. It's like, dude, just make it like an airline. I buy the seat. I pick the seat when I order the ticket. Maybe the interesting thing that MoviePass has done is just what you said, Eddie, is MoviePass is the first thing that has given another option besides just showing up at the movie and buying a ticket. So now there, there are people like us brainstorming up other ways to get people to go to the movies because MoviePass worked to the point that MoviePass ran itself out of business yeah and so yeah. I, I love this i think this is brilliant and i bet 
I bet we're going to take over the world. There, listen, there's three tiers, in my opinion. And like all the theaters here, you pick out your seats when you order the tickets online and stuff. But like, my thing is like, have a few rows reserved for general admission at a low price point. When they fill Coach. up, they fill up. Coach. And then you have Economy Plus, which is reserve seating and you can pick your seat and then, and then a little bit nicer chair experience, a little bit more leg room. And then you have first class and you have a few rows that are dedicated to like luxury seating and maybe service and things like that. Yeah, Cause like, when you watch people get served and you're not getting served, you pay yeah, for the, upgrade. you want that. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like why not have that yeah. in all theaters? And then you could have a $5 ticket, a $12 ticket and a $20 ticket. And then, you know, they'll make their money back. Quick announcement, 2019 Relevant is going to start opening movie theaters because we've got it sorted out. I'm telling you. (laughs) Figured this out. Also, way less staff. It also, since we're really talking about this, it's crazy to me that on a mobile app, I can't buy a, I can't buy a ticket, walk into a theater, check into the movie, sit down, order food and have it brought to me and never interact with a single staff member. And I'm not saying I don't like people, but but I'm saying there's a, there's a person ripping people who work in movie theaters. I don't know why. Just a a vitriol (laughs) towards theater industry employees. You're sitting in that little box office window looking at me so condescendingly behind that glass. Who do you think you are? Is that what you you think? That's exactly the way I think, but there's so many people like that. You could just, you could, cut yeah. the staff in half if you developed infrastructure for like a really good app that would well, allow you, you know, to get an airplane for the first time cheaping. maybe two weeks ago when i was getting on a plane there were four rows and we all checked in with our ticket and do- get, like this is at the gate at the gate you walked up to the gate and there was one guy working there and four little ticket booths that you walked through and the doors opened and let you through as you scanned your ticket and so the plane loaded so much faster than one at a time, one at a time, because there was four of us at a time and it only opened if you're if your ticket beeped correctly. Right. And if they could do that at the movie theaters instead of us having, you know, you buy your ticket from a person and then you walk inside and that it gets double checked by a person. You're right. It would it would. Man, the relevant movie theater is going to be we're going to be like Scrooge McDuck swimming in our money. Well, the, the, I mean, airlines did this, you know, 10 years ago where they, 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 you know, they, they were losing money, you know, 10, 15 years ago and they had to rethink it. And their biggest thing that they had to cut was the overhead of personnel. And they did exactly what Eddie was saying. It's like, now you go to check in at Delta, a full service airline, and you're checking in with a kiosk and you're totally, yeah. it's electronic. Your, your app has your boarding pass yeah. and it, you interact with so much less staff than you used to 10 years ago. Why can't movie theaters adapt to the same thing? I would be absolutely like, boom, boom, boom. There you go. I scan the barcode when I walk in and then there, yes. I know which my seat is and the server comes. I mean, like somebody brings me a Coke. I see I'm a happy lady. I know. I'm telling you. All right. What do you have, Eddie? Well, I was going to do a whole thing on restorative yoga, but we've already talked about that. Um, <laughs> but but I, I wanted to, I, didn't, I wasn't quite sure what angle I was going to take with this, but now that we're coming up on impact week and we're thinking about how we spend money, oh, I, can't wait I, I, I would, I would like to just implore people to look at the things that they're buying. And if maybe they could divert some of those funds case in point, um, everybody knows chickens are so hot right now. Um, everybody's just eating Nashville, especially Nashville. Nashville. We have a lot of hot chicken, (sighs) but people have like farms. They're like, they, they love having chickens in their backyard and it's a whole thing. I'm sure Chandler, do you have chickens yet? Not yet. Been thinking about it. Have you really? Of course you have. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) I, I had real quick. I had a friend who had chickens in the backyard and he had a coop and all that jazz, you know, 
and he, he was telling me how much all this, like the coop costs, how much all the chicken feed costs, how much the chickens yeah. cost. And he's like, dude, I'm going to be saving so much money in fresh eggs eventually. I'm like, <laughs> you just spent like <laughs> almost two grand on all this stuff and, and it yeah. doesn't it probably smells so like, bad. Uh, yeah. It's like in your backyard. a buck and a half, two dollars, you know, yeah. like it's, it's going to take a long time. Right. So anyway, he's got a bunch of kids. He woke up one morning. He goes out there. He's like, dude, it looked like someone got like a hundred fellow <laughs> feather pillows, busted them in my yard, and a ketchup truck spilled in the yard. He goes, it was oh, a no. gore fest, just a, like the most horrific scene you've ever seen. And uh, we think a fox got in there and slaughtered oh, no. them all. Oh, in the third night, awful. he had the chickens. Yeah, the third night. Yeah, not in, Yeah, the experiment did not last long. I don't think they got eggs out of it. Deal. Oh man, not a single egg. Never. Which is why there is a there's kind of a new fad. People like to bring the chickens inside. But of course, you can't house train a chicken. You can uh, you you can't get that thing to wait to go to the bathroom. So this and, is someone like who maybe not have like lives in like a, a city right. and doesn't have a yard for them. It's like, no, I'll just that's cool. I still have a chicken. He'll just live in my house. That's right. So they want to bring it in the house or people that just kind of have an attachment to their chickens and they want it to be a pet. So, you know, every sure. couple of years, like a, a long time ago, like George Clooney had a pig and everybody was like, into having like potbelly pigs as pets and people get into like new different kinds of pets outside of the you know cat and dog or hamsters or whatever yeah. um, well chickens uh, present a unique problem uh, because they will not be house broken and uh, did I say potty trained the first time that, is, that was a weird thing to say they will not be house broken chickens. you sound like you, there's no way to sound to, to not sound like a psychopath when you're uh-huh. discussing potty training a chicken uh-huh. <laughs> yes <laughs> enter enter Julie Baker and her daughter Abigail Baker, who have created a diaper for chickens. And no. you think, oh, this is a silly story. They've sold a couple of diapers. At the point of this story, they are selling a thousand of these diapers a month at $18 a pop. And this is just like, they just started this Etsy site. They're making eighteen dollars to $20,000 a month. I am <gasps> sure what? so much by now. They are selling them all over the world. And, and it's hard to get the full scope of how ridiculous these things are um, without looking at a picture. So we will, I, Jesse, I will send you a picture and we need to somehow, I mean, I'm in my mind, I'm picturing a chicken wearing a diaper. Is Dang. that pretty Is accurate? It different than a chicken I wearing think- a diaper? <laughs> I think I think Is basically you have done it. Yeah, that's what it is. It's, Use your imagination. Remarkably friends, easy a for me to think of that. In a diaper. Yes. Um, so is these there a little chickens, hole for his little feathers to come out? Yeah, yeah. There is. It it kind of goes cute. under what would be the 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 thigh. You know, the wings. Yeah. And it, it kind of just tucks up in there. That's and uh, the chicken in the picture that I'm looking at uh, looks absolutely horrified because <laughs> we have just completely gone against all rules of nature. Um, and so they're making a picture 1820- of him in a diaper. That's why he's horrified. Nobody wants that picture right. taken. Right. And, and so these these are selling like crazy. They're starting to catch on and they're saying it is the next big fad in pets is chick indoor chickens and you put a diaper on them. All that to say, and I'd like to end my slice by saying this. I desperately need you all to support uh, impact and give money to people that are fine. I, I need diapers. you to give you can definitely I, 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 I just I desperately need you to help Cameron raise money for clean water, uh, preemptive love, anything. I just I really, really need you to not buy a chicken diaper (laughs) and any diaper for any animal. I think uh, except for a chimpanzee. 
If you well, have a chimpanzee, you have to have a diaper for them. And, and Jesse, you and I rarely agree, but I'm in 100% agreement. A monkey, a monkey in a diaper is a hilarious thing. Only, it's always only a, a, a big lollipop. A you don't need them outside, just when you bring it inside. No, no he's got. If you're at the gray, if you're no. walking through the mall with your pet monkey, he's yeah. got to have a diaper and a gigantic, comically large lollipop. That's the only way <laughs> to carry a monkey. Yeah. And a top yeah. hat. I think monkeys and top hats are adorable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Annie, before you get to your size, can I do a quick update on on a story we talked about? This will only take a sec because I know we got to get Please. to yours. Um, I'm not in a real rush quick. The we did a slice a few weeks ago about or Annie, I think you brought the slice about the the long form story uh, that that kind of went viral um, uh, about a guy who was stealing the McDonald's game pe- yes. monopoly game pieces. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm it was so this crazy story this. Of, of a monopoly heist. We, we told the story. Fascinating story. I think after um we told the story. We, we one of us said like a one-off uh, comment, like, "Oh, well, this is going to be made to a movie." When the day that story was published, the writers of the story uh, fielded hundreds of offers, including from Martin Scorsese, from <gasps> Steven Spielberg, from Netflix. What? Eventually, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck bought the movie rights for him for a Amazing. record of a of a of a news site art of it because it ran on the Daily Beast. So it was a record for. Uh, uh, a film, the film rights for a story that ran on a, an online news site for a million dollars that Matt Damon and Ben Affleck outbid everyone. That's the inter- That's one of the interesting parts of the story. The more interesting part is that that was the exact reason that the writers of that piece wrote it. They knew what? the story was so good that they wow. thought if we could get this in front of Hollywood producers, maybe someone would option the true story rights yeah. for a movie. But instead of saying, okay, we're going to do like a pitch um, and go to all these meetings and pitch the movie, one of them decided, what if we just posted it online as like a news story to drum up interest and see if anyone will buy the rights Brilliant. to it? Um, and so they actually, they're freelancers. And so what they made a deal with the Daily Beast to retain the copyright to the story so that mm. they could option it. Uh, and it, it all wow. worked out perfectly. That was exactly what they were trying to do. And now it's, it, it was no, it's no loss if that doesn't go well. If the article doesn't go viral, they still get paid it's as no like journalists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they can still pitch it to movie execs as its yeah. own story. So that's brilliant. Yeah. So that's that's the update there. Coming to theaters near you in three screens. Wow. The, the McDonald's, <laughs> McDonald's Monopoly story. Reserve, reserve your tickets it, now. It's just a... You can pick yeah. your seats if you do it early. First class. Go it's first chicken class in a, that one. Yeah, that's, that's a first class premium, movie. That you want to you get served on that one. All right, what do you have, Annie? Chicken in a diaper. <laughs> chicken in a diaper. I, I saw the picture of your chicken in a diaper. It looks like a onesie. It's like a full body onesie with the wings sticking out. <laughs> really... Yeah. And just as an up, an update as well, they've started to uh, work on dresses oh, and other no. forms of clothing no. for the chickens. So welcome to the end. Welcome yeah. to the end times, my friends. <laughs> it's really disturbing. All right. What do you have, Annie? Okay. So in the same vein of restorative yoga, meaning things that the three of you guys are very involved in this summer. Also, have you, have you seen the massive unicorn floats people are buying that hold like six, seven, eight people at one time? Oh yeah, they're oh, yeah. awesome. They're, yes. they're they're Cameron. You're a, I feel I feel like you're kind of a pool float aficionado. I, I have a I have a, a, a comically large collection of the comically large pool floats. Do you do you <laughs> yes. put them in your pool or do you put them out in that pond thing? Called a lake. No, I um I I I keep them in my pool 
And I, because I like looking out the window and seeing like a piece of pizza floating by or, uh, yeah, or, yeah. or, or uh, you know, various yeah. unicorns or uh, geese. We or, have, we yeah. have it's a funny. poo emoji. We have a poo emoji. No, you um, don't float because, uh, I bet your kids love that. Yeah. Because now, because they love saying, oh no, dad, there's poo in the pool. And it is, I mean, technically they're at there. It's a pretty good joke. It's <laughs> a pretty good, good joke. joke. And it gets you every time. <laughs> it's a great they, joke. They know you. Exactly. Yeah, they yeah. know you. Last year, I bought a Pegasus that holds two-ish people. And her name is Pearl, the summertime Pegasus. But this year, the big, the the real hit has been the ones that carry seven, eight people at one time. And there is a story on Mashable about these, this police Annie, Annie, Annie. I'm sorry. I have you to interrupt you. My, I, I do apologize. But when I, right. I, I don't apologize. When I came to yes. your po- live podcast, um, that was the thing that absolutely threw me the most because I had no idea yeah. about Pearl, the summertime Pegasus, but like everybody's talking about it. And it was one of those things that no matter how long I listened to people talk, I could not have context for it. Yes. And this is the first time I've understood that. But did you see so Pearl it was just there? A pool she was at the event last year and people took more pictures with the pool float than anything else. It, I did see it. You didn't but register it didn't, that's who that was. Still, it still didn't land the plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or why that was there. Right. Or, it wasn't just a pool float. It was Pearl, the summertime Pegasus. Hmm. Well, it yeah. still still makes no sense. Continue on. Sorry. Sure. That's that's yeah. pretty true. To, that's pretty <laughs> on brand for me, if you will. OK, so there's this police squad car that in Minnesota that was driving by a lake and they looked out and there was a unicorn float floating. One of these big ones full of women and they were stuck out in the middle of the lake. They had gotten out where it is like weeds, tall weeds and they didn't want to get out into the water because clearly that's terrifying and it's full of terrible animals. But they couldn't rescue themselves and so the police had to rescue these women. It's a great video. They had to like lasso the unicorn. Hey, there was legit a guy here because they do this, they call it flotella and it's like this party at the beach where everyone floats and somebody I'll just say was likely overserved that day and fell asleep on his pool float and woke up almost out in the middle of the Chesapeake Bay and the no. Coast Guard had to rescue him <laughs> yes. off of like a big popsicle float. Yeah. <laughs> a popsicle float. Like there's no digna way. There's no dignified way to go yeah. if, you're, if you're floating down there. You know what I mean? On a giant taco. Like, <laughs> like the Coast Guard the Coast Guard flies out the helicopter and they got the guy in the ropes like dangling down like yep. on you know that Alaskan fish show or whatever you know and they like they're like all right there he is let's go in and he's like he's on a huge taco and they're like just leave him let's get out of here <laughs> <laughs> yeah but the women we don't need taco guy back into humanity sorry chief <laughs> it reminds me of, uh, that episode of the office where andy was in the sumo wrestling outfit on the beach team building trip and he fell into yeah. the water <laughs> exactly just floated away just floated on his back away like a big yeah. turtle yeah Oh, exactly man. right. So they were rescued. So don't worry, everyone. They were rescued. But the visual, y'all got to go watch the video because the policeman lassoing an inflatable unicorn is like, is there training for that? Did y'all have to go through a special, special class on how to how to lasso? How tempted would you be if you were one of those cops to have like a blowgun that you like confiscated oh, from somebody and just <laughs> and just you know you know you know it's just like gross marsh that they're in. They're not like in danger of being like swept into sea. That's it's right. Like, All right, now we get to watch uh, these eight people on top of that float just sink slowly into the mud. Which this is, is more be terrifying fun. for y'all? The idea of being like you're in a floor 
float in the middle of the Chesapeake Bay and someone blow darts it. Or you're in the float in a nasty marsh and someone blow darts it. Which one feels like the water you want to be in less? Well, I'm not going to die in the marsh. Well, I can alligators wade yeah. out of there. Allega- alligators. No, the, yeah, yeah. Are you not going to? Why would you die in the Chesapeake Bay? Just because it's deep. Sharks. Sharks yeah, or alligators? I mean, yeah, What's your fear? It's, it's That's super the question. Deep. It's super, super deep. I just think that I think the yeah, Annie. I feel like this is really obvious. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. Everyone because I you. think this, the the like, clarity, I, marshy water. Maybe this is a, a growing up in Georgia problem. But but I'm not going to die walking through a marsh. Uh, yeah, I'm going to die if I'm yeah, stranded yeah, I'm out in the middle you, of the it's ocean. It's making my heart. The idea of walking through marshy water is as is as have awful you ever been as like tubing or something? Have you been tubing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what's the bottom feel like? Does that freak you out? Yeah, yeah. I just don't like it. Yeah, yeah. I just don't like. I don't like when there's weeds and there could be alligators or snakes or. I just don't like wading through weedy water. So I would have been. I mean, the reason I even knew about this slice is like eight to twelve people in the last week have tagged me and said we think this would happen to you. <laughs> I've watched enough like Naked and Afraid and Bear Grylls to be like, no, I can handle a marsh for yeah, sure. Okay, like, well, I, I just need to watch more. <laughs> I, that. I can, live, I can live out in that marsh. I can live out in that uh, uh, deflated pool float. I would turn it into. Uh, Living, I would turn into like a tent. No problem. I've seen <laughs> enough. I know what to do from hour. here. I would be happy to have a deflated Pegasus. Yeah. Are you kidding me? That's a huge advantage over nature. You have a hard time leaving. No, I think that's yeah. terrible. So I, I was with those women. I, I mean, I wasn't. I could have been, but I, I would never want to get in that water. I'd much rather get my, you know, blow darted out in the middle of the Chesapeake Bay and just die, just die at sea. No, you could just water, swim. So. You could swim. You just will like, I can float and in, in the marsh. There's no floating. It's just thick. Blech. It's awful. Wow. We have, really, that, we have really covered a lot of ground. Here, yeah. I was, I, I, was, I was literally thinking about the spectrum of, of the, those slices. That was, that was a journey. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for very slices. Rarely, very rarely all just speechless, but it's like, well, all right. I think oh, we're, there we go. we're all, done with that <laughs> podcast part. I mean, it really, she just ended it with, how do you want to die? You know, like just, would you rather have a shark attack or, or you know, a python or alligator attack you? Oh, that's a terrible question. At least question. I wouldn't have a chicken in a diaper is all right, I'm saying. Right. All I know is like, I, my I've never been more disappointed than that because I because I was like, all right, this special will settle a question like that. Remember that Eating Alive special where that guy was going to be eaten by a python on live TV? He was like wearing catcher's gear and stuff. Yeah. And as soon as it bit his foot, he tapped out. It was so <laughs> yeah. It was so lame. All right, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Aaron Nequist joins us. Listening to Lauren Daigle. The song is still Rolling Stones from her new album, Look Up Child. Go check it out. It's great. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard St. Paul and the Broken Bones with Got It Bad. Well, Aaron Nequist is a worship leader, author, and songwriter. And in his new book, The Eternal Current, Aaron looks at how embracing traditional spiritual practices can not only change your day-to-day life, but it can also help reframe how you think about God. Um we're fans of Aaron, known him for a long time. This book is phenomenal. Here is part of our conversation with Aaron Nequist. (laughs) 
you know, you open it, you open the book with an experience from, I think it's back in 2002. Um, yeah. And, you, you know, you, you kind of tell the reader that you're getting ready to lead worship, but you kind of had this realization that you don't necessarily believe the lyrics you're about to lead people in. Tell me a little bit about that experience. Oh, yeah. It was classic. It was backstage. It was at kind of a bigger, more like rock and roll type worship uh, church. And I was, you know, we just rehearsed with the band and all this kind of stuff. And we're, you know, and really, I was like, I don't think I can do this. I I don't want to sing th- these words, let alone pretend I'm excited, <laughs> <laughs> let alone invite everybody else to do it. Yeah. So, um, and I don't know if you're super into the Enneagram or whatever, but um, as an Enneagram 4, like faking it is the most painful thing I can imagine. Yeah. So I was like, what am I going to do? So yeah, it was a uh, conflicted moment and season. So for, for a lot of people, that moment kind of leads to like a crisis of faith, which can kind of go the opposite yeah. direction of where you went, which was to kind of really digging in your heels and looking at kind of the historical practices of Christianity. But what was the next move from there? Like, how did you decide like, okay, I need to figure out what's right instead of just kind of abandoning some of the ideas about faith? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, looking back at that time, it was not near as kind of conscience conscious and deliberate it was way more desperate i mean now this faith that i had um it was like the wallpaper on every room in my in my house like it's what i was grown up in it was my identity now it was my vocation like paying my bills and health insurance and and it and i just didn't believe it so it was way more desperation what am i gonna do and um i won't bore you with the whole story but you know i i really slipped into sadness and I probably at this point would say depression and what am I going to do? And it was actually a friend who had been walking with me who gave me the book, uh, the divine conspiracy by Dallas Willard. And it was, and this is embarrassing to admit, it was the first time I had ever heard about the kingdom of God. And, um, so, you know, as a Christian 22 years at that time or whatever, and I had never heard about the topic that Jesus preached the most about. And it was that whole, like, there is an entirely new story here that I haven't heard. And that was kind of the, the flipping. I mean, I like to joke, like a good evangelical, I was born again, again. <laughs> so God wants to invite us into what God is doing to redeem and restore all things. That's the story, not just say a prayer and try to avoid bad stuff. Like we get to join God. And so that was kind of the flipping everything um, and launching me back into some sort of Christian uh, faith. So, you you know, a lot of the book, it talks about different like practices. So once you kind of had this revelation about the kingdom of God, you know, and you start yeah. really thinking about that, you know, and how different it is than that you were approaching it. What did it look like actually trying to put it into practice? How did that journey begin? Yeah, well, it actually happened right after this kind of, you know, rebirth or I'm not trying to be overdramatic. Um, but uh, I met Rob Bell, who was uh, uh, just starting to preach outside of his church in Grand Rapids. And he said, we need a worship leader. Do you guys want to move to Grand Rapids? And so my wife and I, who just, we had just got married, moved there to join Mars Hill and I became the worship leader. And 
what was wild is Rob and the church was was talking about this kind of kingdom world oriented invitation and it was so beautiful but I showed up and all I had in my toolbox was you know four pop songs and a hymn like it's all I had it's all I knew how to do it's what I've been doing vocationally and like to be clear I think those are great tools like worship that is four pop songs and a hymn is really legitimate and beautiful and helpful but I just realized it couldn't even get close to this kingdom, the width and the height and the depth of this kingdom um, orientation, this kingdom theology. And so at Mars Hill, I just said, we've got to explore new ways to worship. That's not just, all right, stand and sing this euphoric song with us, you know? And so that actually kind of almost like accidentally led me into, um, well, what other things has the church been doing? <laughs> you know, like yeah. um, all I knew was my experience. And so we began exploring, well, what about, where does confession fit in? And what about these um, ancient prayers that people would say together? And what about silence? And what about all these different things? So it actually, it was never, I want to explore old stuff. It was way more just singing can't possibly contain the um, compelling nature of this kingdom theology. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I feel like there's a lot of there, there's a lot of like you know evangelicals who grew up around the same era that kind of have that same revel like a similar res- revelation that their faith yeah. is to some degree based on like constructs that have evolved, you know, somewhat arbitrarily. Like they weren't based on yes. anything other yes. than just kind of what happened to evolve because of cultural and social trends. But inevitably, oh, so I'll, well said. Yes. I'll, like I've known a lot of people who've kind of gone through that and they they approach it with kind of fear because they're afraid of what their peers are going to say once they start dabbling in, you know, liturgical traditions or things outside oh, yeah. of evangelicalism. Yep. Is that something you experience? Did you get pushback from people? Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, people thought I was losing my faith. People thought I was, um, um, you know, either. It's so funny. Some thought, oh, he's going liberal. <laughs> and others thought, oh, he's going fundamentalist conservative. Like, it's, it's so, it was so interesting. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, I don't know if you experienced this, but there's, it, in my tribes growing up, and it's funny I would use the word tribes, um, it was, there was such a, a mostly unspoken, but occasionally spoken. Our tradition has all the truth and everyone else is degrees off from us. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. And, and I think what a lot of my friends have done is say, you know, they realize we, there is so much more to the story. Like in some ways I've been lied to, you know? This tiny version of the story. And so they feel like they have two options. One is, all right, I better double down on us. Like, no, we're, we are the right ones and we're going to defend and, our, you know, or they end up pitching the whole thing. Like, well, the whole story is alive then and I'm out of here. And I mean, some of what I'm trying to say with this book is those are two terrible options. And they're not the only options. Thank God, you know, 
And so um, I don't know if you uh, got to that the chapter where um, I'm talking a lot about including and transcending. So Ken Wilber and Richard Rohr are probably the two influences on that for me. But like, how do I say to my um, evangelical pop kind of mega church white experience? How do I say, man, it was really beautiful in a lot of ways. And there are things I'm thankful for. There are things I'm gonna hold on to my whole life. And yet, it is not even close to the whole story. So how do I not lose the, the, the gifts of it, but also not pretend it's the whole story? That was Aaron Nequist. Make sure to check out his new book, The Eternal Current, out now. Listening to Childish Gambino. Song is Summertime Magic. Figured I'd wedge that in there before the end of summer, you know. So you can have a few weeks of magic before fall hits. Okay, it is time for our listener of the week. You listen to the show, and it's time to get to know you. It's the listener of the week. All right, Jesse, uh, tell us a little bit about our listener of the week before we bring him on. Okay, uh, so our listener of the week today is Josh Conrad, and it's rare that someone, usually there's some internal debate, you know, it's like, should we go with this one? Oh, this could go well, oh, maybe this guy. It's rare that someone rises to the top like Josh has done today. <laughs> wow. Like, like, wow. A, like a summertime Pegasus soaring over <laughs> a rainbow, <laughs> whatever Pegasus I do. Well, welcome sure. to the show, Josh Conrad. Hey guys, how are you? Good. Uh, where are you calling us from today? I, I live in New Haven, Connecticut. New Haven, Connecticut. Oh, and that's where uh, Gilmore Girls is based. Yeah. Mm. Oh, sounds very charming. <laughs> very charming, Josh. Yeah. I, New Haven is actually, despite local, I'm going to bring my own little slice here. Chicago is getting the pizza capital of the world. It's actually New Haven, Connecticut. I don't know why this blasphemy is going on. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, you're setting the record straight. So that's good. I, I picture I picture where you are right now, even though it's some dead of summer, that it's it's a brisk autumn day there. You are sitting at a coffee <laughs> shop and you have both hands uh, nestling a uh, a delightful mug of cappuccino. Am I right, Josh? You, you the only thing you missed was um, I have a sweater vest tied around my neck right now. Yeah, <laughs> right. Hey, actually, okay, wow. I want to go back to the pizza thing. I watched uh, that uh, Netflix series Ugly Delicious, and they tackled pizza early on in the yeah, series yeah. and they went up to Connecticut. Was it New Haven? Yeah. Yeah. So he, uh, David Chang had, um, forgot the guy's name now. Yeah. He came to Pepe's pizza. It's probably one yeah, of the, I you know, that. handful of most famous pizza places in the United States right here in downtown New Haven. I'm about five minutes away. Um, it is, it's probably honestly about the third best pizza place in New Haven. New Haven has incredible, oh. incredible pizza. 
Wow. What, what, That's a what, pretty hard peppies, but yeah. <laughs> I don't want peppy here. Is that. it the overflow pretty from strong language like there, New Joshua. York? Is it like the family's kind of migrated north? Is it? Yeah, yeah. So it, it's it was Italian immigrants. New Haven ended up being a large, um, yeah, a large landing spot for a lot of Italian immigrants at the turn of the century, um, and they brought that Napol that Napolitan um, style pizza. Um, so coal fired ovens, um, the big long twenty foot pizza slider thing going all the way back into these huge ovens and they've been making pizza here um families have split off and started other ones in the city as well so long rich history of of those crisp autumn days and delicious pizza here in <laughs> when a couple of us were in brooklyn uh, a couple of weeks ago we stayed on the block where there's a couple of coal-fired uh pizza places and and even in new york these are kind of like revered as like the best of the best so you're you're a coal fire <gasps> oven advocate Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm big on getting big coal back into the. Uh, <laughs> we don't have enough. Of the we don't have enough. Uh, no other reason. We need to to you know reopen the mines of West Virginia to get these pieces going. Josh, what are your feelings about DiGiorno? <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Let's do it. Okay. All right. What are the three facts that caught your eye, uh, Jesse, about Josh Conrad? Um, <laughs> what they got like is they were thematic, right? Like. He stayed on a theme and they are uh, awkward and sad encounters with musicians. And I think we should just go <laughs> one by one here. Okay. Uh, no, okay. Wow, I'm going to start off with number one, which might be my favorite, though. Both <laughs> are pretty funny, too. Uh, you <laughs> once saw Carmen, the the singer of, of the Italian CCM Italian. fame. Yeah. Uncle Carm. Yeah. You once yeah, saw yeah, Carmen yeah. offer a person his autograph and the person said, quote, no thanks. <laughs> uh, do tell. Wow. It was That's tremendous. So you know, you know, like the the TSA lines at, at an airport, you kind of zigzag back and forth. And so like a, a row ahead of me, um, I, I, you know, I mean, I'm, I've been a believer my whole life. I picked Carmen out in a, and you know, it's like a where's Waldo thing for me. I can pick him out of any landscape. So yeah. he's a couple rows ahead of me and he's, he's kind of eyeing the guy in front of him to try to get this guy's attention. He's, you know, he's doing like that little like coughing thing to try to get the guy to turn around. And eventually the guy notices this guy looking at him and Carmen says, you probably know who I am. And the guy first said, ah, uh, no, actually I don't. Um, and then, so I got to watch Carmen introduce himself to this guy offered this guy his autograph. And the guy just said, no, nah, no, no, thanks. I'm good. And it only got, and then, you know, another 20 minutes of TSA line wow. with, Carmen sadly walking behind this guy that didn't want his autograph. That's brutal. <laughs> why did he pick up like like pick this yeah, guy? Why, to why do was that the guy? Too? What was he wearing that clued him off that oh, this yeah. guy's probably a Carmen fan? Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know if Carmen thought that he had the I've seen the champion on YouTube forty five times vibe to him. I, I have no idea what Carmen saw in this guy, but i i I wonder if this is something Carmen does. I wonder if he wanders around in public <laughs> and just asks random people, hey, uh, it's a number probably game. know who I am and it's then tries to autograph yeah. things for them I just want to so after the after Carmen said, I think you'd know who I am and and the guy said no, and then he explained who he was. <laughs> Carmen's assumption was that in his explanation it would be so compelling that not only would the guy feel foolish. For not recognizing him, but he would obviously have to have an autograph. Yeah. Right. So he entered when he when the guy said he didn't know who Carmen was. Carmen described himself as a Christian musician and an international record um, uh, artist. Is Carmen a musician? He's an artist. Okay. 
I was going to say, I don't think I've he never seen anything. him pick up the axe yeah, or yeah. the guitar, yeah, but yeah. yeah, I mean, he sings. I would be shocked if Garland couldn't play guitar I, I, and the electric drums. <laughs> I do feel like he could probably do one sax solo, like once a concert. I do feel like seeing Carmen, though, there is a general sense of like, if you see him in the wild, you're like, this guy is, there is something up. Like, there's no thinking that he's just a, you know, regular dude out for That's a stroll. Right. That's right. Like, I think he knows that he's walking around with a unique tan and a unique V line yep. and a, like a really special kind of hair thing. Like there's just a whole, I think he knows he, that people know either, shirt that, for sure. The, the, the guy's like yeah. e- either this guy is a, a like a, a Christian singer that from the eighties heyday, or he sells right. yachts in Boca Raton. Right. Either yeah, one yeah, of the yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Either way, the circus is in town and Carmen's going to acknowledge. I, I, I wonder too, if the guy thought he was, like a David Copperfield imp- impressionist. Okay. Um, uh, uh, speaking of 80s stars, Eddie Money. <laughs> Great one. The 80s singer. You once saw Eddie Money sing two tickets to paradise to a sparse crowd at a free venue five times in a row for Oof. 45 minutes. Do tell. Yeah. So I, this was really, it was sad and funny at the same time. I was with a bunch of friends at a casino, which is across from this, uh, in the casino uh, across from where we were, um, you know, handing out tracks. We're, we're Christians, so we weren't gambling or anything like that. But <laughs> we um, yeah. watched Eddie Money take the Coming stage in, hot, there was in this free kind of, you know, 200 person um, little open air auditorium in the middle of the casino. Um, came up to the mic, started singing that and everybody kind of, you know, notices, oh, it's Eddie Money. And then about four minutes later, everybody's happy just to go on with their lives. Like no one's wanting more out of any money. And so he has an hour to fill. He sings a few other songs that clearly nobody knows. And then just goes right back to the, to the old well goes right back to two tickets to paradise would finish it, take a sip of whatever he was drinking cue the band and say, let's oh, do it again. No. And just kept singing it over Jeez. and over again. It was oh, hilarious no. and sad and awful. awful and amazing at the same time. Ugh. doesn't he Ugh. also sing, uh, take me home tonight. Is that is that any money? I'm looking. At, I'm trying to look up his songs. There's uh not not a lot about yeah, it. I, I well, I mean, hey, at least he's still doing what he loves, which is but, to sing the one the song. One, okay, so the one the question I have, I'm theater of the mind here. You're at a casino, and it's like that side stage thing in the lounge. Yeah, so we okay. were we were actually standing around a blackjack table. Yeah. Um, again, handing out tracks, not gambling ourselves because we're, <laughs> we're Christians, but um. Eddie money is just standing probably 50 feet away on this little stage. You know, like if you go to like an amusement park and there's always those little stages with 50, you know, little benches for people just to come and gather. And every few hours there's an artist on it. It was Eddie money. And it was like a Saturday night, 7, 8 PM prime spot for, for a big artist. And here he is in this free venue and no, I mean, after the first rendition of uh, two tickets to paradise, nobody's interested anymore. And so, you know, over the course of the 45 minutes to an hour, it goes from a crowd of 50 to 20 to 12 to six. And he's just still singing the same song over and over again. In his defense, he it's a, it's a, it's a room where people are walking around. Casino people are walking around. He's kind of singing for the whole area and he's singing, Hey, there's a lot of people milling around. These people haven't again. heard my song, so he's he's doing it for the back row. He's not doing it for the front row. I'm in Eddie Money. He's fine with okay. me. Okay, okay, camera. Oh, it was fun. Yeah, for sure. It was just five times in a row. You're standing in one place. It was a lot of two tickets to paradise. 
Yeah, so so two, yeah. two tickets to paradise. Here's the thing: like, it's a song that everybody knows when you hear it. Like two tickets, like everyone knows the song. But if it comes on, no one is excited. It's not like "Don't Stop Believing" <laughs> or "Sweet Caroline" or yeah. like some yeah. other cheesy song where they put it on. People are like, "Oh, dude, Sweet Caroline's on. We all to sing it." Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah. two tickets to paradise. Like oh, I kind of remember this. Right. I, you know, I wonder what's coming on next. So, like they're spinning some old. You know what I mean? No one cares about that song. It's just right. sad all the way around. But he invented the Ford Taurus twice. Like it technically is a pretty cool accomplishment, but also, well, I mean, what does it matter? It's just nothing. It's just landscape noise. Well, well, finally, another musician that you saw actually in tears at a concert um, was a friend. He probably knows Carmen. I, 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 in fact, I know they've done a song together. Michael Tate. Uh, Michael Tate broke oh, down gosh. and cried on stage while reminiscing about DC Talk. Here's the awkward Italy. talk part. Michael Tate was performing with the Newsboys at the time. Josh, what's the story That's there? That's an man? interesting story. Yeah, so this was probably early 2000s Creation Fest, big Christian uh, festival in Pennsylvania. And um, I think it was right when Michael Tate had joined Newsboys. And in between every song that he was singing for Newsboys, he kept just telling DC talk stories, which oh, no. plays well. I mean, that's his audience. He's got, oh, you know, man. a few thousand people at Jesus Creation Fest, and, and they want to hear all the late, latest <laughs> goings on with, with DC talk. And so he keeps just kind of rambling and eventually gets a little bit teary eyed, kind of pauses, does like the, you know, looks away from the microphone. Everybody's clapping and kind of consoling him as a crowd. Um, and he just said, I just, I just miss those guys. And <gasps> we're going to try to get back together, which makes the whole crowd go crazy. And then obviously, Never really happened, but yeah, it was hilarious to Unless watch Michael Tate cruise. with the Newsboys. Right, it was, the best part was watching yeah. the other members of Newsboys stand there as Michael Tate would just <laughs> reminisce about DC Talk. They're just like, oh, hey, man. we're yeah, with you right now. Can we play some songs, have some fun? And all Michael Tate wanted to do was have an open counseling session with everybody. <laughs> Michael That's Tate's hilarious. like, sometimes sometimes you make music with other people. It's just not the same. They're not as cool. You hate them. They're just annoying guys in an old band that no one cares about. I'm just, I'm just I'm hypothetical. Anyway, what, what do we got next, guys? Uh, Breakfast and in the, Hell, uh, that song makes no sense. Let's chew it up. <laughs> and That's always uh, twisted when you think about it, by the way. Breakfast and Hell. Like, for sure it is. It's like, okay, so you know what would be funny to do an ironic twist on? is people burning in hell forever. And we'll say that the, the worst part is they can't get breakfast down there. They don't have got Captain yeah. Crunch. No, no, no. It's eternal torment. <laughs> it's going to be a hit. <laughs> the worst part is you can't get milk and cereal. And then he announces that he is going to try and reunite with the guys. We're going to go on a cruise. And then he started singing two tickets to paradise. That would have been fantastic. Hey Josh, I think you buried the lead here a little bit. Me based on stalking your Twitter just now. Did you have, did your wife have twins this week? She, she absolutely did. I'm on day five of my paternity leave. I'm home. Um, We have two newborn twins in our house right now. Oh, that's amazing. You guys doing okay? <laughs> uh, we're doing great. Honestly, um, they're both healthy boys. It's our first kids. We waited a long, long time to have kids. And so we're really excited. Um, yeah, she, my wife's doing great. We're, we're doing well. We have somewhat of a regular pattern that, you know, has set in over these five days, but, um, it's, it's been a ton of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Two twin boys. Congratulations, Congrats, dude. Man. That's awesome. Congrats. How many Thank chickens you. do you yeah, have? Yeah. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Hey, uh, Josh, you've been, you, I mean, obviously we've uh, been Twitter friends for years. You've been engaged with the show for years. So how long have you been listening to the Relevant Podcast? Oh, it's probably, I'm probably coming up on 
Oh, it's probably been seven or eight years at this point. I wasn't an early guy, but I, I kind of, um, when podcasting started becoming more popular, um, that's when I, I jumped on the bandwagon and I've been a faithful weekly listener ever since. We, we really Amazing. appreciate it, man. That's incredible, yeah. man. Josh is a good dude. We've seen him, you know, uh, he was, he was just a oh, yeah. young buck when we met him and then he got, he fell in love, got married, now has twins. It's, it's, uh, been a whole journey. I can't wait to meet the so twins. many kids. Relevant and podcast. They're just, uh, <laughs> Oh man! Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, Josh, oh our God. listener of the week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Josh. I love that Josh's wife is like taking care of two children right now, so that he can chat on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like, in the first five days, to be fair, aren't they still sleeping all the time? Uh, to be fair, no. Oh, they um, aren't. They I, thought, are, I thought the first few weeks, babies sleep all the time. No, babies are terrible. They um, <laughs> cry all the time, and then they go to the bathroom all the time. It's, it's not. Oh. It's ter- they're terrible. They're too busy to sleep. Yeah. Uh, if you want to be a future listener of the week, hit us up on Twitter with three interesting facts about yourself, or maybe go the Josh route, three interesting experiences you had or things you observed. That's an interesting. What we're looking for. Good stories. Is good stories. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Which, which of those three hit you as the most like personally tragic? Cause they all had like a different spin of tragedy. <laughs> yeah, right. One of them, one of them somehow particularly kills me, but it's what it's the, um, to me, it's the Eddie Money one. Really? There's something about him taking $200 and being on a terrible stage and singing the same song that is so, like, it's just so deeply tragic on so many levels. Know. Like, Carmen, I don't Carmen, think he knows the level that. of tragedy. Oh, really? Yeah, the Carmen one of You Know Who I Am, Don't You? And then oh, offering yeah. his autograph. I yeah, I don't think he felt sad in that moment. I think he felt like like oh, just, his loss. I, I think Carmen is his totally loss, right. But, and and the Michael Tate one is kind of uh, sad, but he's still singing in front of you know a couple thousand people who love him and are supporting right. him. There's something about the Eddie Money one though, <laughs> that just awful. is like Dude, the sum okay. of all fears. No, there, there is even of something that I think about. I actually think about it all the time, and I don't know why. Because I think this happened. I'm gonna, I'm pulling up the news story. Uh, hang on one sec. Um, this story is from November of 2013 and the headline is for a near, for a mere, if it's from the AV club for a mere $20,000, you can spend this year with, you guessed it, Frank Stallone, Frank Stallone in 2013 (laughs) had an auction on eBay, um, that is titled Frank can't decide where to spend New Year's Eve. Be the winning bid to have Frank Stallone perform at new, your New Year's Eve party. Oh, now, sad. that is, you know, it is sad. But then you look at the, his demands, like first class for him and his entire band, equipment that they can use to perform. Uh, you know, this is Frank Stallone, the the brief pop star, brother of Sylvester Stallone. Right. And the opening bid, the opening bid to have Frank Stallone come to your New Year's Eve party, he set at $20,000. And sometimes wow, I still think about it. I'm like, you know what, Frank Stallone, you shot your shot. What's the worst that's going to happen? <laughs> Someone's going to write a funny internet story and, and literally five years later, people are still going to talk and laugh about it. Yes, that probably right. is the worst of the cabin. Best case scenario, you made 20000 bucks and got to hang out yeah. with some fans on New Year's Eve. So it was worth it. But I think these guys, the Carmens of the world, the, the Eddie Moneys, the Frank Stallones, in their mind, they are still at the peak. 
Like yeah. they're 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 a lion in winter. No. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. like, a lion in like winter. They, they are lying way, but Jesse. the lion hasn't changed. It's just the seasons change, but I'm Jesse. still here. You know? When Carmen releases an album called The Lion in Winter, we will know that you you deserve credit for that. Yeah, I, I'm with you except for Eddie Money. I think he knows, <laughs> and I think he's just like, it's either this or I give guitar lessons, and I think he's dead inside. I think I think I, they like, only I think ask him to come play two tickets to paradise and I'm like yeah listen go up there we'll pay you a hundred bucks and you know we'll give you free drinks or whatever and he's just up there keep cranking through it just to keep like you know give me a pizza this time <laughs> just and just, you know, well the sad time. thing is he could be like I wish I could ride off into the sunset but I can't pay my bills and that, so oh, here I am I can't at stop, the casino right. thinking about Eddie I, money, I can't stop thinking about like the Mickey Rourke character in the wrestler the movie yes, wrestler. yes yeah. that's exactly right. right it's like he knows that it's the window closed but he doesn't have anything yeah. else to turn to that's right. That's yeah. right. He's Cameron. living in his past. Yeah. His, his resume says two tickets to paradise. It's like, well, <laughs> he did that commercial. I guess you just keep where he it. played a one hit wonder recently and saying yes, two tickets to did. paradise, you know, in the commercial. Oh, so at least yeah. he's a self-aware about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Unlike the other story. Yeah. As far as we, uh, yeah. Yeesh. Oh, Yeesh. I love All the right. Carmen story. Hey, though. well, this was like a pivot for the listener of the week. Yeah. I mean, this was like, well, you know, interesting. I mean, everybody knows a couple yeah. weeks ago we can't top that guy. Yeah. So they're just going different oh, yeah. route yeah. now. I do love the Carmen one, though. <laughs> I, just, yeah. I know you do. I hate it. I I'm going to be so thinking sad. about. I'm going to be thinking about that for a while. Like it's like, what would you do? What would you do if you saw that? You know, like what would you do? Would you go? Would you ask him for his autograph if you saw that? Absolutely, hundred percent. Absolutely. If not. you saw after, if you saw that happen, would you then follow up and right. go? Can I'll I take have one. your autograph? I'll take one. Just yeah. make yeah, him yeah. feel better. Yeah. You wouldn't. No, no, no. I, I, I pretend I like not. there was something in my headphones that yeah. I had been listening to, even though yeah. I had paused no, it no. so that I could hear That's the whole conversation. Of a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> you made his day. You made his day right no. there. Well, many thanks to Aaron Nikos for joining us. His new book, The Eternal Current, is out now. Go get it. It's very good. Hey, Annie. No, but for real, have you read it? Yes, I for real have read it. I really liked it. Ooh, I really want to. I want to. Are read you that. Uh, I like Aaron. when you yeah. when you read a book by a friend? Is it a is it a skim the two thirds to get to get the gist and you can tell the friend I read it or is it your every word savoring it to the end? It's both. It's depending on the topic, probably more than the author. But what so and Aaron uh, is kind of the expert to me in what he's writing about about faith based um, practices. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, he's like the first person I heard talking about yeah. that. I mean, I've been following him for. Our, for a long time. I'm, yeah. I'm excited about it. And I only know him. I mean, I met him briefly for like a second, but I only know him through Shauna and she speaks so highly of you her know, husband lovingly of him. I can't wait to read this. Yeah, book. it's really good. And he, you know, he you're right. He So as an Annie in my personal life, I wanted to read it. And then as someone who's invested in the local church and um, I wanted to read it for that reason, too. So but there are ones for sure that I skim just to say to the author, I did it. I told you I'd read it and I did it. Yeah, I got called out on one of those. Not that long ago, I skimmed two thirds, and then they referenced something that happened in chapter nine. And, I, you. Oh, and, totally. I, and I'm like, oh, and I they, I thought you said you read it, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, you yeah. better get ready Sorry. when my book, my I, next book one, you're gonna choose your you better read every word with it. And <laughs> I got to day fifty, and I just, <laughs> uh, I just. Yeah. I'm still so feeling cowardice and uh, <laughs> <laughs> 50 days to cowardice, oh, 100 man. days to brave. All right. Many thanks to Samaritan Ministries for sponsoring this episode. To learn more about how you can be part of this 
uh, community of Christians helping each other with healthcare, visit SamaritanMinistries.org. Hey, um, go over to relevantmagazine.com slash impact week to find out about impact weeks coming up very soon into the month, August 27th. Uh, join us. If you didn't hear Wednesday's episode of the podcast, go listen to it. The question of the week section in particular, uh, we, we talked Annie into doing a very elaborate <laughs> stunt for the week you and it. you will want to be part of that. Thanks, <laughs> hey, the newest of Relevant is at the printer. Uh, go over to relevantmagazine.com and subscribe now and you will get it. You will not be disappointed. It's a great issue. Very excited to tell you about it in the coming weeks. Well, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Eddie Koffeltz. And I'm Annie F. Downs. We will see you next week. to the relevant podcast if you like what you heard be sure to leave us a review on itunes check out other shows from the relevant podcast network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com and while you're there browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store make sure to subscribe to relevant magazine info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe In my mind, I'm picturing a chicken wearing a diaper. Is that pretty accurate? Relevant Podcast Network. Shop Amazon for last-minute gifts. Great deals for everyone on your list. Gifts for mom and gifts for dad. Even for your sister and your brother, Chad. Ah, shoot, we didn't realize we were supposed to get a gift for our dog walker guy. We almost forgot about our dentist, Dr. Kerr. We didn't expect to get a gift from her. Our cousin, I forget his name He got us something nice, better reciprocate For last minute deals on gifts for people you forgot Get past the free shipping at Amazon Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.